Hi, this is Using Your Power. I'm David Anjoui, and joining me as always is... I'm Maveen Cora. How are you doing, Maveen? I'm doing very good, David. I mean, we've had a great <laughs> episode, uh, the one we just recorded previous to this. So I'm excited about uh, the one that we're about to start recording as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we've chosen community as a particular topic that we were interested in covering. I think one of the things about community is it has a variety of different connotations. Depending on who you ask, they might think community is just like some Mickey Mouse gathering, amateur hour, gong show kind of thing. And some people look at community and have a very positive association with it. People like they like to be around, they like to hang around with. A mastermind group in business could potentially be a form of a community too. People that you regularly talk to and figure out business problems together. And I think that's a wonderful form of community. But I think it's, you know, no matter what it is, if it's some kind of tool like money, it has potential for good and bad. And community could also be perceived that way. It has the potential for good and bad and pretty well everything in between. You know, you're correct. And where do you think the idea of community maybe starts or began? Well, I imagine it, it's been around historically, probably as, as far as time or humanity goes back, but it depends on what you believe or how humanity got started, right? Like the Bible version is, well, it's not good for Adam to be alone, so let's make Eve. And then that was your first community, right? Which was husband and wife, basically. That's definitely a form of, of community. You know, one of the things you, you said is before, uh, you know, Adam and Eve, there were other animals on the planet, you know, and they would have had their own communities as well, right? Uh, going back all the way to the dinosaurs. And again, that's not in the Bible, but going back to the dinosaurs, they had their own communities, you know, and they lived in gatherings and uh, just like we do nowadays. Yeah, and you could also take the interpretation, I guess, that perhaps there were cavemen before there there were, you know, fully developed, socialized human beings that we are these days, if you want to call us that, and, and perhaps even cavemen. I think it's fair to say that there probably was community. They probably fought over food and other things like that, too, though. Absolutely. You know, you'd have to have people get together and somebody's got to take care of the children. The men are maybe hunting, the women are gatherers. And, you know, in that community, everybody's kind of taking care of themselves and taking care of the other people within the community, right? Um, One of the things I always heard, it takes a community to to raise a child, you know, and what, what are your thoughts on that? takes a yeah i mean it takes a village to raise a child i think is is sort of the african proverb right and i don't know uh, maybe it does maybe it doesn't you know it's not not as though if, if if the bible version of you know reality or history is true then it means like it took two people to raise one child or two child or how many children adam and eve had to start populating the planet but i do like the idea in the sense that you learn different things from different people and i think that's exactly what we see through the progression of like grade school okay so now you have teachers that are teaching you specific subjects good teachers will teach you about life and maybe not so good teachers will just teach you the subject of what what your study is supposed to be studying in school and then you begin to have after after teachers you have professors maybe after professors you have bosses and if you're lucky enough then you maybe have mentors looking for so really you are raised but it's continual and never ending in a way until you kind of become the sage within your community 
you know, you said it correctly, you know, eventually you become that wise one, right? Even going back in time, uh, I'm assuming that there would have been different, you know, just like we have right now, you know, there's different people in different age groups, you know, and you know, there's the men and the women and, you know, everybody has their role within their community and within their family as well, right? So, you know, the grandparents, for example, may have had a, a role of wisdom within that community and teaching the kids and teaching the adults on how to continually move that bloodline forward that could also be a part of uh, growing that community and ensuring that community is successful as well right uh, coming to schools of course absolutely you know you have uh, just naturally you have different people from different communities and I mean ethnic backgrounds going and and uh, getting together in these schools which are big communities you know even for six to eight hours a day or however long people are going to school for nowadays uh you know those are communities that people go to and they bring their own uh belief systems to as well definitely i think psychologically we are wired as human beings to want to belong and i think that's probably the origination of community and how community originally came about i've spent a lot of time in in canada not in japan but in canada not belonging so i know how much that sucks at times (laughs) (laughs) right uh you know but i the other thing that i realized the other day was just like yeah okay but if you want to be a popular person you sort of you sort of have to be like the every man or the every woman to everybody so it really it's a ton of pressure on yourself to be popular because now you're talking about it's maybe it's not people pleasing but you need to please enough people to where you're accepted by a, a ton of people that maybe ultimately if you didn't put a face on they wouldn't care about you you bring a you bring up a good point david you know wanting to belong right and you're right in when even myself when i was younger as well right i think i wasn't necessarily the most popular person right i when i was younger you know growing up in elementary you know vanilla ice and you know <laughs> uh, mc hammer were the popular artists at that time on the radio and people were always getting the vanilla ice haircut you know yes. and uh, growing up in my household and uh, seeing you know in the east indian community wasn't really open to the idea of these crazy haircuts that everybody was getting that all my friends were getting right so I was never able to get those haircuts and be part of a a group or part of that genre community as well Mm. yeah exactly so you spend some of your I mean I think school years are maybe awkward for everybody in a way but though that's sort of one of the almost like extreme examples of community right because as you grow up you mature well hopefully I think there's high school politics still play out in a lot of ways so maybe we sometimes don't advance much beyond high school at times as people but I like to think that in time you know you mature you you gain a better understanding of the world and you begin to understand other people as well and maybe in a way that you didn't see them i think daily you know that's what i find i would not have had that reflection about what it means to be popular had i not matured and learned over the years so you know things like that don't just occur to you out of the blue no, they would have started off with first you understanding, okay, maybe I'm not as popular as I could be, right? But it's growing and changing and kind of the conversations we had previous episodes about that personal development and, mm. and uh, working your way into finding a place where you're saying, hey, you know what? I don't need to be as popular as perhaps one of the jocks in school. I can be popular just by being who I am and finding those people who like you and relate to you because who you are, not because who you're trying yeah. to be. 
Yeah, and not by trying to please people, because in the end, you realize that's very tiring, right? And you, if you're lying to a bunch of people, then you have to remember what those lies are. <laughs> that becomes really hard over time. So people pleasing or putting on a face, it, in the end, I don't think it's it works. I I believe ultimately in embracing your personal identity and who you are and not trying to be anything else. But that's also something, uh, maybe a piece of wisdom you gain as a result of living for a certain amount of time and not necessarily something that you would think about at a younger age. Because again, that instinct to belong is probably driving a lot of your actions. Although, you know, hormones are kind of clouding your mind too at that age. Absolutely. And you, you bring up a good fact, right? And you make me think of a question I'm going to pro- bring back to you. Uh, I know you said a community is for everybody, right? But uh, who do you think in your personal experience would benefit the most from community? Although we know it's for everybody, what types of people do you think would benefit? Well, I think that's that's a really interesting question. You know, we see the people that are out and about and outside and doing things, and that's we have to recognize that's like not a representation of everybody on this planet, right? You know, some people are are vastly overweight, and unable to move, or maybe they're in a wheelchair, or maybe you know they're they just don't have much self-confidence that may not have anything to do with their looks or skills or talents or anything else, but they don't feel good about themselves. And those are the kind of people that sometimes we don't see out in community or we don't see out and about on, on the town, you know, going on dates, just hanging out at restaurants or whatever, you know, they live a very different life sometimes. And, you know, the only community they have is maybe their immediate family and their, their television. (laughs) So they're sitting by the blue light, but you know, anybody can benefit from community if it's the right community for that particular person. And I think that's where it gets kind of difficult. Like I would appreciate a good business mastermind community, but does that mean every mastermind is for me? No, because there's obviously people that have just getting started and I'm not saying I don't have gaps or holes in my knowledge, but I would like to learn people who are maybe at the same level as I am or more advanced than I am preferably. I think there's still things people can bring to me if they have different experiences. So I I still stay open to whatever. But my point being, not all masterminds would be right for me because maybe some of these people are dishonest and they do dishonest things to get business. So that kind of thing wouldn't really work. So if I understand correctly, community, like you're saying, is for everyone. And there are people who would definitely um, benefit from being a part of a community, like you said, someone who may be overweight, um, but needs to get out there and really be in the presence of other people to maybe get uplifted, to help them out of a, a situation of maybe depression, which we don't want to cure with pharmaceuticals. Right. And we, you know, um, one of the things you said as well is being a part of a community. We talked about um, network marketing and finding that right group to belong to was huge. Now, we, when we kind of just recap, we talked about belonging to two separate groups. You know, it's funny if you had belonged to the group I was in and I belong to the group you were in, it would have been much a different experience for us as well, right? I think we would have probably actually left that community probably a lot quicker and a lot sooner. But there was a reason we were attracted to that community and stayed in that 
community and look at place for that length of time, five years for both of us, mm-hmm. right? Because there was something that kept us there, something that we needed, right? So you're right. It's not necessarily just for people who, the community is not just for someone who looks like they have everything together. It is for people who don't have their shit together, the best way I can say it. You know, it's for everybody. It's such a great point because community can be for a season. It's the same as relationships, right? We can hold on so tightly to what we have and then lose everything. But if we hold loosely, in a sense, we kind of gain everything. It's almost, uh, yeah, that's kind of a spiritual principle in and of itself. But I, communities won't necessarily last for the rest of your lifetime i've been to 12-step groups i'm not an alcoholic i was dealing with some other things but that was a form of a community of fellow people who were struggling in different aspects of their life i've been to grief and loss groups again community of people who shared uh, maybe death in their family or death of a spouse or something like that and you know I wouldn't say those are always 100% healthy either. Many of them are, and many of them are set up for you to be able to get some support and be able to learn and figure out what it is you're going to do moving forward. But yeah, I think grief and loss is one of those things specifically where we don't necessarily have a way of coping with it. It, it really is like a bizarre, odd, sad, difficult experience for most people. And I think we're not necessarily equipped to handle death. I think you make a good point, uh, David. It's we're not equipped to handle death. I think in the West, mm. you know, if you look at communities of the Eastern cultures, I think they're much better ad- adapted to handling handling death because it is something that's taught to them. It is something they witness and they see, and there and, and and there's different ceremonies that are tied to uh, death within the different communities that uh, they belong to. Right, like like I was telling you, I'm from the East Indian community, like I told our listeners, and within the East Indian community alone, there's you know. There's always people there that can also help lift you because they're from the same towns you're from. They're from the same cities. They've known your parents, or they've they, they've uh, worked with this person, or they know they know you through somebody. They've heard heard about you through somebody else, right? I know growing up that was always the case for me, right? Because my parents made a name for themselves within their community, so that name they made for themselves reflected back on me. Now I did want to quickly touch on something you brought up. You said that you know on uh, if you were in a 12-step program that it sounded to me like you're saying that community can eventually go away you know absolutely if you if you decide to have that community go away it can go away but if you've made a connection with somebody within that group then you can continue that friendship uh, long after and you know be each other's um crutch as you guys are supporting each other and moving forward through your you know problems that you are there for I think so, but it's all sort of a a reason or a season. Nothing is permanent and change is the only thing that we can really assure in our lives. You know, there's a reason why I no longer go to that 12-step group. It could be because I'm healthier, but it was also an issue of people. You know, I'm not going to talk about anybody that was there because that would be breaking their anonymity, not something you're supposed to do in 12-step. I've outed myself, but that's okay because (laughs) that's me. (laughs) It's a decision I've made. I think that goes back to finding the right uh, program or community that works for you, right? Yep. 
um, going to the first one, we can't be expected to think that that first community that we join is going to be the right community for us, right? Um, especially when you're talking about 12-stack programs. Again, maybe someone's endorsed it to you and says, hey, you know, you need to go check this out. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it was a, a friend that had been to the same type of, uh, you know, a place that they've recommended to you now, right? Um, but again, you got to find the right teacher for you when you go to these, you know, these 12-step programs or any sort of community, right? It doesn't, just because I was born, for example, of an East Indian descent doesn't mean the East Indian community is potentially the right community for me, right? There's a whole vast world for me to explore. And, you know, I think personally, I belong to everybody's community, right? I don't only just belong to my own personal community. I Anybody I can connect to, I belong to their community as well, right? So, it, you know, if you still had those issues, and same as our listeners, you know, if you have issues that you're still dealing with, you know, look for different ways to, and different people and, and that you can connect to, uh, to help you get through those uh, issues. But this is the difficulty of a community in general, don't you think? You're meeting with a bunch of people that are imperfect and you know yourself you're imperfect and then you can't necessarily find a perfect community to be in. So (laughs) sometimes I personally feel the, the... you know, the, the challenge of that, it's so hard to find sometimes, you know, a group of people that you connect with, or maybe you make an effort, they make no effort whatsoever. And then you start to feel like, well, what's the point of me making the effort, even though like, yes, I do believe in kind of being the leader in your life. And, and that I think when you accept that responsibility, now it's about, okay, who do I talk to? Who do I say hello to? Who do I build a relationship? Yes. But sometimes that's not reciprocated at all and communities can be built on these really stringent principles and laws and regulations and red tape and to me like yes absolutely there's also positive association with community some of the healing that's happened because of that some of the relationships that have come out of that some of the friends i've made because of that but there's also the pain of community where i was you know especially in religion where i was like what is going on you know, that's an interesting thing that you brought up, uh, David. You're right. You know, if you were part of a community and you don't feel a part of that community, there's things that you, you know, you necessarily may have to work within yourself. There's things that the other person yeah. may have to work within themselves. You're right. There is no such thing as a perfect community. But, you know, that's what I enjoy most about belonging to uh, whatever communities I'm a part of because they're not perfect and I relate to not being perfect because I'm not perfect. <laughs> so for me, I look at it a little bit different way, right? Um, yeah, I mean, for everybody, it's different. Everybody finds different uh, differences in the people that they connect to and different ways for them to connect to those people, right? Um, I don't necessarily connect to everybody. You don't necessarily connect to everybody. But you look for that one or two people that you can connect to. And again, like I said, if you can't connect to them within that group, group that you've gone to, you look for the different groups, right? And uh, potentially there are no other groups out there. So you start your own. You know, I I know um, not everybody's going to be able to start their own group. Not everybody's there. And sometimes people aren't looking to help other people. But what I've always found is in any community, when you go out there and just try to help people, you eventually end up helping yourself as well. Yeah. Well, I think you have to, you know, relinquish loyalty in a sense. Like you can't be too loyal to a community that you're not getting anything out of. 
you also do have to evaluate where you're at personally. How, how do you factor into it? Because you're obviously part of the equation. So if every community you go into is just a bummer, then maybe you're a bummer. <laughs> that's a problem. That's correct. You know, and like I was saying, that's you may have to work on yourself yeah. before you can get into that. But and that can be hard. Like what you're saying, you know, if you have a problem right now and you're trying to get into some a community where you can help get them to help you deal with it, but you first have to deal with the problem to get to a point of being able to be positive enough to deal with it that can take a lot of time yeah and, and you know unfortunately if you're not able to get to that point fast enough then people start self-medicating people withdraw uh, and don't want to then go to those type of places well communication is the foundation of relationship without communication on an ongoing basis that relationship will wither over time and yeah that's absolutely the case with community you stop communicating you withdraw within yourself and now you find no reason to be within that community but there's other there's there's so many different kinds of communities there's like meetup groups right there's there uh, any topic you can think of spirituality there's like in calgary there's pixels and pints which i've been to before and it's about like web designers and graphic designers coming together and having having a beer and then talking about the opportunities hey that's pretty cool there's spiritual and religious groups there's so many different uh, there's hiking groups you can go to there's painting groups um there you're right there's running groups there's health groups there's non-health groups i'm sure there's people out there that say hey let's start a group to go eat as many hamburgers we can (laughs) from every single restaurant out there you know and they're all part of a certain community that they belong to right and and uh, you said it earlier as well it's it's people want to belong and that sense of belonging uh, grows and keeps that community strong or weakens it and i think that brings another thought to mind which is just that you need courage in a sense. Like I'd say meetup in particular, you're taking a chance. You're trusting that the organizers know what they're doing, that when you show up, there will actually be people there and you'll actually be able to identify and find them because maybe you haven't ever met them before. <laughs> if you host your own meetup, that's different. But I think that's probably one of the things that's, that, for me anyway, that was one of the scary things about thinking about going to meetups, so like a podcaster meetup or something. I was like, well, I don't know any of these guys. I want to meet these guys. I want to make the connections. I want to be around them so I can learn more but I don't know them and I don't know the kind of guys they are so I'm taking a chance in going out to this meetup so I know I've known you for a while now David I know um, I know how you are personally I know how what kind of makes you tick uh, and I know you're part of some of the you know some groups here part of communities in and around Calgary so yeah. why don't you tell me what made the the communities that you joined maybe different than the ones that you had previously tried to join well, yeah, that's a really good question. Some sometimes like meetups are just one-offs anyway, right? You just go to them once, you never come back. That's whatever. This is like the communities that I'm currently a part of are are partly business, partly pleasure, and partly involvement. So it's kind of like all aspects of community rolled into one. So I would say that's very different than like going to church cuz then that's really just personal involvement. There's no financial involvement. And you might have some, I guess, friends, or you might have some relationships and communication within the church, but you don't have those other aspects that, that I just mentioned. So I would say that's fairly unique. You know, the, the people that I'm working with, I like them. I, I think they're influencers in their own right within 
Calgary. They have accomplished things I would love to accomplish in my life. So, you know, there's some learning opportunities there as well. And again, it's like not all great. You know, I might get a text in one in the morning saying, hey, what happened with this? You need to update the website. It's like, all right. So you're, you know, part of the community, but you're also um, helping grow that community. It sounds like uh, by doing some online work with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. With with some of the communities that I'm involved in, and I might be doing some website or media work. Yeah. So what made you go to this, these two communities that you belong to? What made you go to them? Like what really attracted you outside of all, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the people, was it the experience or what was it? Well, I was approached with the ideas first and foremost, which, you know, usually relates to or ties in with your involvement. In my case, what is my involvement? What is the skill set that I bring? Well, I'm kind of the go-to guy for everything. <laughs> Some people know me that way, right? If you're looking for something technical or computer related or websites or marketing or even media production like video and audio, I'm kind of the go-to guy of, of you know, and I mean, I'm not perfect. I honestly don't know everything. And every time I buy a new piece of gear and I go out there with it, I'm actually learning it for the first time a lot of the time but i think that adaptiveness is a really good thing to bring to the table so uh, like these days people are looking to me for that involvement what skills can i bring to the table what can i how in what ways can i help them further their vision do you think david that a community can operate uh like a network marketing group such as a pyramid scheme you know there's always that one alpha person at the top of that pyramid and then they got different levels within that group or community uh that kind of do as certain other people are telling them to do or or you know uh, get things done or whatnot what are your feelings on that well they have right like charles manson kind of stuff <laughs> you know you can think of I'm sure you can think of other people too, maybe uh, cult leaders and things like that. Hey, I'm not judging anybody, but you know, I think what you're, so that's the one side of it, which is kind of like the dictatorship community. The other side of it might be like more of a leadership based community. You know, network marketing isn't necessarily like a, a pyramid scheme in the strictest of sense. I think it's sort of set up to be a, a, a legal way of doing business. But when you have a, a community that's that's fairly leadership based, you really oftentimes you're talking about a business, right? Don't you think? No, you're right. You know, when I'm thinking about a business, but even within a community, a community can have the similar structure as a business. You it know, can. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm going back now away from the example we've been talking about within the communities you belong to. Going back to, let's say, thousands of years ago with when there were communities, even when, you know, people were getting together, there was always somebody who was going to... Um, start off the you know start off the lectures or start off the talk when everybody was gathering together and and whatnot right so uh, there's always somebody at the top of the community that kind of handles the 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 way the structure of the the conversations may go or what 
certain people in the community need to do for example if i was a, a caveman and and we needed to get out there for the you know a, a three-day hunt for example before the the cavemen left i'm assuming you know they've had these conversations within their whole community with the women and the children and the elders and saying okay you know we need to make sure this is all being done before we come back with our kill you know uh, and then we're going to share that the kill with the whole community, right? So everybody's got a certain role within that, right? So uh, I just want to see if there's anywhere to parallel or is there a parallel or is there no parallel on the way those two kind of work together? Well, I think what you're describing there is also like a community board. So for example, right now we're in Kinkora, the, the Kinkora community within Calgary. Well, it has a community board, right? They have annual general meetings to talk about different issues within the community. And unless you are participating and involved in some way as a person within that community, they're going to make all the decisions about that community. It kind of works the way government does in a way. But I think, you know, these are oftentimes, volun- if I'm not mistaken, I don't know everything there is to know about it but i i assume these are oftentimes volunteer positions not positions that people necessarily have an incentive just maybe the influence that they have within the community when they become part of the board there's no other necessarily like incentive for them to do that unless maybe they're trying to further their political careers you know you said something that uh, makes sense right you see a lot of the community leaders you know especially you know we have our different ridings within our communities right we have you know the the different parties as well within the communities that um the people that run for being elected have their own agendas that they want to be elected on right so yeah. uh, for absolutely within our own communities there are uh, sub communities and even within those sub communities there are again smaller communities now you know just kind of going back to some of the other things that we were talking talking about um i don't want to take away from anything that you're doing so is there anything that you would like to say uh kind of talk finishing up the talk with the two communities that you're uh part of or is there something you want to expand on not just um, kind of stop that conversation oh no uh, i don't necessarily have more to say on that but what, what i did have a comment on what you were you were saying which is that i think like when we view sort of like specific areas within a city as communities it's such a funny name like we say it kind of nonchalantly but all it really means oftentimes in calgary anyway i can't speak for other parts of the world is that that's just where you live and like your activity you know you might sleep there and you might in my case you might even work there but you're not quote-unquote part of a community aside from the fact that you live there and there might be no other association necessarily with like the residents of that community so that's kind of a one really funny way of thinking about community you know one one of the things i'm happy about is living in canada you know with uh being in canada i've lived in montreal i've lived in calgary so only two of the cities uh you know two major cities in canada and in both cities community is huge because both cities are made up of immigrants and uh you know and non-immigrants alike right so people who are first second third generation or more and uh, you know just seeing how they interact together uh really does give me the sense of pride you know it makes me feel you know i my parents made a great decision on coming to canada uh as a, a choice right because there's many other places they could have moved to that may not have the same sense of community and drive and wanting to see people within the community succeed honestly what struck me about calgary is there is no community 
I maybe that's just something I need to work on within myself potentially. But like I grew up in Japan and compared to kind of the friendships I had there, the community had there, the people I knew, the interactions I had, some of them unpleasant, but many of them pleasant. Calgary doesn't have much, but like I was struck by how individualistic people are. And I'm sure you could find more individualistic people. I'm not saying that, but for me, the contrast was, was massive. Uh, I think you, you've made a good point. You know, there are people that are very individualistic here. A lot of people, especially in Calgary, we're oil country, you know, the sense of making money uh, first comes before community. But I think if we actually talk to certain people, not everybody's going to advertise, you know, what they're doing for their communities, right? People are maybe uh, going for walks and just picking up trash around their communities, right? Uh, they're doing these little things. Maybe they're joining these volunteer groups. Maybe they're um, starting off their own group like you guys have kind of done with the, the uh, communities you belong to you know but I think there is a sense of independence you're absolutely right there but in that independence I think that's what causes people to uh, start new communities or new ways for people to get together and have those uh, important conversations that you know people aren't necessarily having uh, I think one of the reasons we started this podcast was for that exact reason we didn't feel that people are digging deep enough and when they're getting into conversations with their friends with their family members mm -hmm. with their co-workers uh, listening to other podcasts or whatever you know uh, venue they consume their social media right there wasn't that in-depth conversation and real discussion on you know how to maybe even be a part of a community well like people are often repeating what they hear like a parrot you know, that's the example that I've probably given a few times in the podcast already. So you're repeating examples like a parrot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, but I think that's like a, it's a big problem, right? Like you, you watch something on the news, now everybody's talking about it at the water cooler. And what significance does that have? Like, what is that going to add to your net value? Like, I don't want to just think in terms of financial or business or whatever, but how, what, what, how, what value is that adding to your life, period? Is that adding to your relational life? Is that adding to your, your exercise? or your physical or your your body is that adding to your intellectual or spiritual in some way no 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 is usually the answer <laughs> fair enough so what do you suggest or how do you suggest people um find a community to belong to then well that's tough i don't know if you can necessarily you know pick them out it's exactly what you said i don't know if you can pick them out and find the right one immediately you might have to try out a few different ones you might have to experiment you might have to go looking online meetup group maybe go to a church group if if that's kind of your thing go do some kind of religious gathering maybe you start something that's accessible to you like if you're a musician how about getting together with musicians at a open mic or something like that or you know if if you're into if you're if you're into pyrotechnics then find people who are in that business of of pyrotechnics and begin to interact with them and ask questions asking questions and answering questions that's what we're always taught to do on internet forums right as business owners so it's the same thing ask questions answer questions and that's how you create your value up front and that's how you'll begin to make some connections so you're saying if you join groups where people have similar or uh, tastes as you, uh, so maybe some sort of similar hobbies as you, that would be yeah. a great place to, to start to find people to connect to. Now, again, we know there's different 
places that you can do your hobbies and diff- many different hobbies that a person can have. Uh, but what if you find that your hobby is not something that a lot of people may take interest in? Then what do you do? Well, I think we live in a fairly, you know, niche down world where you you find people with just about any interest. I mean, you could probably find a group for for like bearded men for goodness sakes. <laughs> you know, there, I, I I'd imagine there's there's everything out there. But okay, so you can't find anything. Then maybe just go back to the basics. What is your cultural background? Who are your parents? What country are you from? Uh, I hate to use this example, but what race are you? You know, you could use that as kind of a starting point into maybe branching out into communities like because you might not have interests. And I know that's totally possible. Now, you know, you said something that made me think of something, David. Um, When people go back to their own communities, I mean, that is a great starting point. But um, just to kind of take this conversation in a slightly different direction, do you think that, you know, that's what the terrorists do as well, right? They want people to come back to their own community so then they can teach their dogma back to their own people so they can go out and hurt other people. So I think finding the right community groups as well is is a big thing especially uh you know if you're very easily um manipulated in your mind well this is what often what happens with like uh door knocking christians so <laughs> i'm sure if i say that much you know what i'm talking about <laughs> uh you know i'm not saying they're good or bad i'm just saying like a lot of people because they're friendly up front and they're very personable a lot of people get into that because they're super lonely or they're just looking for something else some community to belong to and and that can be a place where you end up with always important to remember birds of a feather flock together i think some of my recent recent purchase decisions happen because of the people that i'm constantly interacting with people that I'm listening to on a podcast, other business people I respect or just people I know. And I think we have to be, I, I am more intensely aware of that than ever because I, I have to second guess my decision sometimes. Like, is this the right decision? Is, is this a good decision? Am I making uh, the right, am I taking the right risk or am I making the right investment here? But I think that's something you think about daily as a business owner anyway. Right. So you're saying that your purchase decisions were um, some of my recent ones. Yeah. Some of your recent ones were based on the recommendations of people that, you know, that are in your community. So they've endorsed the idea of buying something. Uh, So that's another thing that I know that we we didn't talk about in the last episode, but the way your community can help actually endorse products back to you. So that's an interesting fact that you just brought up, David. Yeah, definitely. You know, we are all influenced in some way and we become like those we we interact with and and know. It just it works on us like Chinese water torture over time. Drip, 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 drip. And pretty soon you're like the person. And I think that's something we have to sometimes it's it's a good thing and sometimes it's something we have to be on the lookout for like if the purple people were associating with refers to their spouse as you know the the old lady or the old man or if the people that were associating with uh, they cheat they steal they you know what what is stopping them from doing that to you i hate to say it but like there's a there's a chance obviously that they're going to try to swindle you too so now all of a sudden you're associating with people that swindle and now you want to start cheating and stealing and swindling too i think you make a great point uh in your communities that we all belong to you know no matter what they are either they're 
religious or non-religious or um, uh, spiritual, non-spiritual, hobbies or non-hobbies, whatever groups we belong to, they do influence us in the way we think and the way we act and the the way we go out and uh, live our daily life, right? Uh, I think you said it perfectly, you know, if I was a part of a community and, and it was okay to, you know, cheat on your spouse, then you go and do those things, right? If you're part of a community, yeah. and even if you're part of a, for example, hip hop community where you just love listening to that type of music, but you listen to that music and that music is promoting, you know, uh, drug abuse. Um, it's uh, it, it's it's promoting drinking. It's it's promoting potentially partying because that's what the things they're doing, spending uh, so much money, living lavish lifestyles. Uh, you know, degrading women sometimes, depending on who you're listening to in in music. You know, you think that becomes okay because the people or the leaders, and I put that in quotation, that you're listening to uh, condone that type of uh, talk, at least, maybe not that behavior. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, I think, you know, the whole moral compass or values or morals and values is a whole other discussion too, where maybe some people feel that some of the things you talked about are totally okay and within that group that's okay i guess as long as you're choosing to be a part of that knowing that you're a part of that i mean we still don't want to condone anything like any you know atrocity or or violence against humanity in any way but you know i think that's part of the calculus too is like what do you believe in what are your values what what are your morals Right, you're right, and you know, and so most times I don't think people have uh, even sat down and thought about what their morals and their ethics are and why they believe what they believe. You know, they're just being bombarded uh, through all their senses on what to believe and how to think yeah. and how to live. And even as they grow up, let's say through their own communities, right, through churches or through their families or their friends or their family's friends, you know, you, they've grown up a certain way and and they have that same expectation back on you. So, you know, when when I was thinking about when you were just uh, chatting us here as well, uh, you know, why do we wear certain clothes like we talked about in our, in our last episode? You know, why do we wear that Nike hat? It's a sense of belonging. Or why do you wear that favorite sports team hat? You want to belong, right? You want to belong to yeah. that team. You want to say, you know what? I represent this team and I'm part of their wins. I'm part of their losses. I go up and down with their emotions of every win and loss. And, you know, at the end of the season, what is it? you won yeah hard to say i i think though that's something that we'll want to explore a lot deeper in the future episode is this whole thing of values morals where what where does the line start where does it end do you have a line <laughs> um i think most people sort of have this this natural understanding of how the world works and things they they'd want to do and don't want to do but we also have people with chemical imbalances in their brain that act out in ways that that are completely unexpected too so that would make for a very interesting topic any closing thoughts maybe you know um one of the things that i want to talk about is you know just being a part of that online community you know we're we're developing this business here for uh using your power and finding people who want mm. to interact with us and you know e even if you don't want to come and interact with our website we're okay with that as long as you find the right websites that make sense for you again we're we can't attract you know all the seven billion plus people on the planet to our website and we don't plan and, to and, and we don't want to you know and but we are looking for that right person, you know, and, and they'll show themselves in the, you know, in the big 
picture. They show themselves and they come and they want to interact and they want to, you know, learn from what we say. They want to help teach us as well because I'm not close-minded enough to know or think that I know everything. I don't. And, and I think you're just like me. Yeah, exactly. Really great point. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in as usual. You can find us at usingyourpower.com. We look forward to interacting with you. I'm David Andrew Weeb. And again, I'm Avine Cora. Thanks guys.